On this week's Inside Marketing, we'll be talking about gaming. And yes, we've talked about gaming before and esports, but this time we'll be going a little bit deeper. We'll be talking about how brands can actually get involved in more immersive gaming experiences, how you can go about building your own game experiences, and what's the best way to approach it if you just want to test the water. I will be joined by Dara Barker, who is a strategy consultant and a gaming expert. So that's gaming this week on Inside Marketing. The Inside Marketing Podcast. Brought to you by Dentsu and Irish Times Media Solutions. Hello and uh, welcome to this week's Inside Marketing. And as I said in the intro, it's about gaming this week. And I know we've covered gaming before, but slightly different take on gaming this week. So I am delighted to be joined by Dara Barker, who is a strategic consultant and also, if I hope he doesn't mind me saying, an expert in gaming generally. So is that fair or is that no no, no pressure? No pressure. But. Well, just, my mom and dad would have definitely said I've spent enough time gaming to be considered an expert. And, yeah, then, and you're like, I told you this was going to pay off. Look, I told <laughs> yeah. you. So I made those conversations now with them at the moment. It was um, all a good investment. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. thanks, for, thanks for joining me, by the way. Just yeah. good stuff. Hey, thanks for joining me. How's life? Before we get into it, how's things? Good, good, yeah. Um, I'm not doing too bad at the moment. Working on some some good projects, uh, kind of up to my neck and NDAs at the moment. So you know what it's like with them. Yeah, trying do, to yeah. convert them into into real work oh, and good. and getting those projects going. But yeah, a great appetite for for all this stuff so far. Yeah, more and more brands coming on board. Very interested, and yeah, lots of brands at different phases as well. I'd say. Yeah, because it is. It's something that I mentioned. I think I did a podcast on it maybe three years ago. And there's been, no, there's been no dispute in the fact that the audience has been there and the audience, and I think gaming has been misunderstood to a degree. Um, like it's, it is a, it does feel like, I mean, I don't have to tell you this, a missed opportunity for brands. And there could be quite a few reasons why, um, why brands don't engage much, but given just the pure audience size of it, it like it's huge and it's only, and it's only growing. So just, um, for context, I think to set the scene, let's kick off. How big is the the gaming opportunity, and and is there, you know, we I, oh, I talked about this before. Is there a a profile of a of what we call a quote unquote gamer, or is it now the case that like pretty much gaming is ubiquitous and everybody, you know, th- there is no standard gamer. What what what's it what's it like now in terms of the world of gaming? Especially if we're just taking the Irish market into consideration, like as you know as yourself, it can always be difficult getting pure Irish stats. But looking at the the stats you can get, it's, there's about two million active gamers in Ireland, which is you know phenomenal. It's about two two fifths of the country or so, or or, or uh, um, you know a quarter of the country or so at this point. So it's 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 getting big, uh, and it's only going to get bigger. And more interesting side of that is a third of them have only come on board since 2020. Right. So you know it's 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 a ramp up. It's a it's a graph that goes that goes right into the right top corner, and it's palpable uh, how big it's getting mm. because you, they're they're looking at it as a media opportunity now. And like anything, and TV, radio, like I remember when mobile was a separate line on a media plan, mm. and it hasn't even got onto the media plans yet. So like things happen and they happen very quickly. And I think we'll just see a massive shift over the next, you know, 18 months, two years of it being just a no-brainer because it's where all the eyeballs are. And mm. once there's eyeballs on something, somebody's gonna stick an ad there as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and there I mean there are there's plenty of um there's plenty of ways you can you can get involved in gaming and there's plenty of a good and bad kind of 
executions or formats that you can use. I always think, because my background is um, media, um, media planner, yeah. media strategist. And like when I think about other channels, game is quite different. Look, there is a there's a captive audience, and and the, the audience is huge, and the eyeballs are huge, and it is a captive audience. But game is very it is very different to other types of advertising. So you know, TV, yeah. which is which is much more of a a passively consumed medium, it's sitting back on the sofa. You know, you're you're idle, yeah. but you're engaged in something. And and the value exchange is quite clear. You know, you. you you get the content for free, quote unquote free, yeah. and you you and the advertising funds, and people are okay with that, and they don't mind. You know that they're 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 comfortable with that. When you think yeah. about gaming, it's a much more of an immersive experience. First of all, so people are you know they're not just sitting passively looking at stuff when they're playing a game; they're actively involved. Um, yeah. And you know, sometimes when I think about what is a way to do, because you don't, as an advertiser, when I'm talking to clients, I don't want to annoy people. I don't want to create a bad user experience right. or yeah. an annoying user experience because I think that can end up going against you. You can be pissed off with the brand if if, if you were. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of, like you don't want to be the the, the pop-ups of, um you know, the equivalent of pop-ups back in the early days where it didn't matter what people thought. The more annoying, if they were annoyed, it didn't matter. They, they were noticing you. So um, yeah. is gaming kind of, brand friendly do you think in the moment is is it welcomed or even tolerated by gamers um or or is it more of a case that you just got to think about how you get involved and how what your entry point is how you do it well, it, it is that uh, i think what i can kind of probably go back to your last question a bit integrated to that because the persona thing is is really interesting because i think a lot of people you know maybe pre-pandemic would have had a, an idea of a, like a pencil sketch of a gamer being you know the kyle in his mother's basement with acne and a can of monster but you you, know? you when you were you when you were younger you <laughs> yeah, just said yeah. it early on yeah, yeah. It was just a quick a quick name check there uh from, from kyle from dara to kyle um but yeah you know that would be the typical um sort of pencil profile that you would have that that, that assumption that stereotype in your head but Blizzard and Activision have done an enormous amount of research over the the last few years on just on that on the different personas and and they and I truly believe that everybody's a gamer mm. whether you're you know playing World of Warcraft or Destiny or one of those big MMOs online to someone playing Sudoku in the newspaper mm. like they're all games in one form or another and it's about what what held gaming back, I think, for years was that, oh, this gaming's how we tackle getting in front of Kyle. You know, yeah. we can't get in front of, uh, you know, a maid who's 35, lives in Laos and wants, we want to sell electricity to. She, the, you, you go after that, but what Blizzard have done, they've very accurately broken them out into basically like a tiered approach from the ultimate gamer to the everyday gamer to the mobile gamer to console enthusiasts, uh, to retro gamers, and then family gamer. And within that, it allows you to then go, okay, here are a load of profiles. So how do I activate my campaign? I'm, like, I'm a telecommunications brand. I'm trying to upsell my broadband. Gaming has a space there for a parent because I know that parents do game and 70% of parents mobile game, which is enormous. Like the average profile of a person who is playing on a mobile game network is a 36-year-old female, which is not a Kyle mm. that lives mm. in the space and plays World of Warcraft at 2 a.m. So it's it, it I think that's the thing that's going to bring it forward as well, having a, a greater understanding of those personas and those audiences that you can actually get after in gaming. And it's just about like I'm very much so an audience person first. And then I figure out, you know, how they spend their time. And then we put place the place the advertisements in those spaces rather than going, 
okay, well, it's gaming. We've got to make it make sense for this brand. Like there is a way to get into gaming without, you know, having a, a, a skin in Fortnite. Like mm-hmm. there are slower steps and I'm, I'm sure we'll chat about it later, but it is, it's quite brand friendly. I think it is a bit of the wild west uh, yeah. when it comes to um, regulation, stuff like that, very similar to, to most social platforms when they first came out. You know, it is it is building its wings on the way down. And it's it's like, it's interesting because like darker markets like alcohol, high fat and sugar content, stuff like that, it's, it's less regulated for those at the moment. So you're seeing a lot of those brands hopping on at first. Um, but, you know, that sort of stuff only paves way for regulation down the line. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I don't think it's as brand, I think it's more brand safe than say Facebook was once it brought in that audience network placement where yeah. you didn't know where your ads were going. And yeah. um, the specific thing is like, you know, you have to be your own brand guardian at the end of the day and make sure that the space is good for you and you have to, you know, regulate and, and do your due diligence mm. on any platform that you're activating on, whether it's gaming, whether it's, you know, social, whether it's TV, you know, are, are you doing ethically the right thing by having that ad placement there or are you trying to yeah. leverage them? Yeah, and I think I think one of the, like, because it's hard because you have to think about, like you mentioned about mobile, you mentioned about social there and I think like, um, you know, Creative agencies and we're good at making are good at making thirty second ads and and ninety second ads and six second ads, of course. Um, and I, I think what's happened is because there's a cost to everything from a client's point of view. So the the, the lazy um, the lazy way was to take your thirty second ad and then your TV ad that was made for TV and plonk it in social, like where you got two second view. But and that, and we know that doesn't work. That you know the fit for platform thing. Mm-hmm. Now there are opportunities, you know, pre rolls or vid- video ads, banner ads that can appear in streams in gaming, particularly mobile gaming and small kind of banner ads, and they're not really interruptive. And there's there's a, a good there's some work being done in in audio for overlay in terms of games, which is totally non-interruptive. Um, but from your point of view, what what type of formats are, you know, most commonly used by by advertisers who are getting involved in gaming? And, and what are the things that you should do when you're thinking about formats that can make sure that you're not kind of intrusive or disruptive or or basically annoying people like i mean i hate yeah. those on the mobile where I, I have a rule like you know there's brands who go in my whatever tennis smash or whatever and i just sit yeah. through a 30 second ad and it feels like about five minutes because i'm super because i'm playing dipping in yeah. there it really annoys me and then there's ones where you can skip after five seconds i'm like that's great you've been you're quite considerate of not pissing me off so in those like what do you think how do you think about that and how should brands think about it and um, what are the kind of more common formats as an entry point to gaming? Well, I think generally, I think there's now, and you see it a lot more Gen Z and, and, and millennials is that, you know, there has to be a good value exchange now. Like, there has to be a value exchange. There can't, you cannot expect people to sit there and stare at your brand for 30 seconds, at, you know what I mean? And watch an ad. Like, mm. uh, it, like it, it's 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 beyond beyond to expect that of people anymore, and it's it's there's an arrogance in it almost that that Gen Z don't like, and if they know that if you want if they want you to look at their brand for thirty seconds, you better be doing something really interesting. Mm. You better be doing something really interesting. Mm. Whereas, and that's what brings it away from TV or even like you know some skippable ad format, anything like that. Like you know how difficult it is to get someone to go past those first three seconds in a social ad. Mm. Whereas you can build a terror defense game on Roblox and have people have an average dwell time of 17 minutes. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> and you could have a fully branded, you could have a whole brand experience, deliver your brand through the game, and people are delighted to be in there doing right, it. Yeah, which is yeah. You know, it's it's you coming to the table with something and going, I know I have to invest in you for you to invest in me. And through our research, we know you guys like this. And in mm. 20 years' time, it might be something else. But at the moment, it's gaming. And that's where people are going. And there, there's plenty of ways in. And like you speak about the mobile intrusive ads, but there are uh, networks out there that, that allow you to have audio ads be delivered in-game where you don't have to... Uh, have an advertiser that doesn't have to pay the volumes down and then it's 30 percent oh, right. okay yeah yeah so it's really good that's that's ran by audio mob they've got a, a network of mobile um games and you basically place the audio and it's non-intrusive there's a display ad as well it allows you to click through it's really smart tech ex google and ex game developers coming together um and i think that like those are like really nice ways in and then like this additional ad formats but has to be contextually relevant like like you said there like the banging up the tv ad on youtube what used to be the thing and now banging up the youtube ad on tv is the thing yeah yeah true yeah you have to speak to the to the to the platform that you're on and that uh, that audio mob thing is a great example because you can actually deliver uh, relevant ads within the network so uh, an example i've seen is for pampers and it was a uh, mother it, it was a puzzle game and it was like being a being a mother a first-time mother could be puzzling or whatever yeah, you know yeah. so it's even just speaking to it and digital is so good for that like to allow you to actually speak to the environment in the room you're in so that people don't turn around and go sorry mm. why are you trying to sell me the broadband yeah, yeah. so the, con- the context yeah. is yeah and yeah. i think context and i think people appreciate that that you're you know you're making an effort to try and talk to them in, yeah. on their level if you will during in that moment so yeah context is super important um and I, I think you mentioned that built creating a game in Roblox there. So, and when we chatted before, like I know what native advertising is, you know, in 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 different media. Can you explain to me what native what a native ad is in the context of gaming? Just so I'm clear, because that's something you you mentioned before. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, native advertising. I think uh, when I first used to come out was an article that looked like it was part. It was of an it article was like, in the journal, Fifth in the River, in the journal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> you know, first to be paying yeah. Um, And uh, you, <laughs> so that was native advertising. And then when it got to it, then it was, for me, native is always just platform specific. So native TikTok looks different than native Instagram, looks different than native Facebook, looks different than native LinkedIn. Gaming is unfortunately no different. It's splintered. Uh, so showing up native on Twitch is having a real person, uh, you know, sitting there, streaming a game, speaking, mm. having, being able to converse. Native on Roblox, is it could be seen as the aesthetic of it, lo-fi, blocky type of thing. Same with Minecraft. Like, it is about showing up in the relevant space with the right messaging. It's old-school advertising mm. just with a, with a new paint job, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think get, people can get quite frozen about gaming and think, oh, Jesus, I don't understand that. But it is... It is so much like every other platform that we've ever been challenged with over the last while. And it's just about adapting that right message, right time, right context into those new boxes that, that have been created. And mm. it's, it's yeah, as I said, it, like native formats, 
it just depends on where you want to activate and then try to chop it up from there, I suppose. Like yeah. TikTok's really got on what, what native could be seen as, like, you know. Yeah, and but I get I, I get what you mean, and but I mean, you, and you say it's kind of um, it's the same thing, only slightly different. But I think it, it can be quite different because the model of like, as I say, and I'm not not doing a disservice to creative agencies, but quite a lot of them are still comfortable making um, long long ads that you know that that that, that involve the the user sitting down and watching the full amount, giving it their full attention, and yeah. you know and. And then to go off and say, well, it's not an ad. We can't do it with it. But how do we go off and do yeah. something in gaming? And it requires. I'm not sure how good they are. I'm not sure. They're, I'm not sure they have the skill set to do that. Which is which is why, which yeah. probably why you you have a, a, a successful um, business and career because you understand that gaming world. Because I don't think it, they're not even. Some of them are not great at even um, fit for a purpose for for different social platforms, right? So it's still mind boggling to see some of the stuff that I see put out in the world and. You know, yeah. you, you think someone's going to watch this on on face, when they're thumbing through face? Not going. No one's going to look at it. It's just not going to work. So, um, yeah. but yeah. So I think it's and one of the problems. I I I one of the problems I see it's come up before a little bit with gaming is that it, ad tech is not plugged into it to any meaningful way. So yeah. you can do lots of stuff with lots of different gaming opportunities. It's kind of hard to get a single view of of how things performed. You know, you can't you can't follow yeah. through in terms of campaign metrics in terms of measuring whether it worked or not beyond any kind of fairly basic level. So if anyone was listening or how do you talk to clients about it? They're going, okay, Dara, we're interested in gaming. Go away, have a think about it. But I need sure. to, because everyone says, the question everyone says is, I've no problem testing things, but I got I to gotta know if it's worth pursuing. So how do I know it worked? How do I tell my boss that it was a success? What, what type of things should you think about when you want to test and measure? Yeah, I think like ad tech platforms like Moat and DoubleClick and all those like you know, the more verification and and end of the industry would probably be slow to adopt it. If you're if you're happy to trust the platforms, like you know, like you would with pulling data from Facebook or whatever, like Roblox is very detailed in what it can tell you. It can right. tell you how many chests were opened in the game. Like it can tell tell you a lot. And Twitch is the same. Twitch is like you can get just the same audience data from Twitch as you can from YouTube or or Instagram or anything like that. It is wildly trackable but when you're looking at attribution models perhaps it's difficult to right. get into likes of it double click won't let you do that but build in like it's it's all about building out your your phases your funnels knowing what your kpi is going to be for each one of them being realistic with the metric you can actually track and there is an enormous amount of metrics that you can track with it and then yeah just assigning them and you know everybody i always used to get hit with the you know what's the, like what's the benchmark or whatever it's like there is no benchmark for your mm. first go your first go becomes your benchmark for your second go oh yeah but everyone the, everyone wants to know i know but like what does gold look like what's the average am i bought yeah i know i know it's and pull a brand from a different industry and a different vertical in a different decade and tell you how good they did and but like it's it, it, it's normally not the case so it's just about as i said you know, tracking those metrics, knowing what's involved. If there's there's always workarounds to be able to figure out a way. Like, if you want to know that something's successful, you could easily put in a search keyword that's only available in that game that nobody else would search. Yeah, yeah, and then true. Build a PPC campaign around that and track mm. it through that. Like voucher codes, all that sort of stuff. Like views and dwell time and all those metrics are like mm. stuff that we've been talking about for ten years, and they're even more relevant now. When when people because like dwell times now in the teens yeah, with yeah. minutes rather than what it used to be, so it's about what do we get them to do 
if they're there for that long now, I think will be the mm. question that going down in the next couple of years. Like, if you have a oh, think crap, about it, if you have a think about it, there's plenty yeah. of ways you can. Yeah, okay, it mightn't it mightn't be able to give you a single. You can't plug in. They're all individual kind of ring fence yeah. wall gardens within the. But there's plenty of richness within what you can measure within each of those platforms. Yeah. Um, like we talked about gaming and gaming, like, I don't know. I don't know when I heard this. I heard it a couple of years ago because I think there's two guys. I think you mentioned these guys before. Somebody worked them down in um, Mead or down in Mead somewhere. And then, and they're making, someone told me they're making millions, you know, with because with, there's plenty of adjacent opportunities to gaming as, as, a, as a pillar, if you will, than just gaming. So, you know, user-generated content at once. And we mentioned there um, either people uploading, my little fellow watches it for Monster Jam trucks, you know, how to, you know, video games. You watch them for hours about people playing games, giving them tips and tricks and, and Twitch is the same. So not just kind of, and that type of format is fine because you, you can insert ads. If it's on YouTube, there's ads in, in the middle of that. Every few minutes you can see an ads and that's fine. You know, it's kind of more akin to what we know in terms of that model of Plunk and that in. But, um, it's quite close to TV or broadcast model, but like how big is that, the kind of the adjacent side of gaming? If you take gaming as a platform, get user-generated content to gaming. Um, and, and is there any, like, is it as simple as I'm saying, it's basically just people uploading them playing video games or is there more to it than that? Yeah, well, it, it could be really interesting. I think um, gaming as a sort of cultural thing you can input into your marketing campaign. Like you can, it, it goes through every one of like, awareness, engagement, conversion, advocacy, like you can figure out a way to implement gaming and across all of them. But the sort of Twitch streamer stuff, uh, like one of my favorite campaigns is the Pringles Frank, the zombie, I think his name is Frank, um, which was like this incredible campaign where they announced that they were going to build a zombie game, Pringles zombie game. They had a, like a, say that's a very big, they make, they're making people aware, but the Twitch game or whatever. Mm. And then, it's a zombie game. Your man's going around. Then they paid a lot of streamers to stream the game for them to build a like, conversation around it. And then for one of the streamers, uh, on one of the nights, the game starts to glitch. And then one of the zombies starts coming towards the screen. And then what happens on the other end is that a real-life hand comes out, right? And this guy called Frank the Zombie uh, crawls out of the screen and joins the streamer, right? So then it's like this through the line. That sounds awesome. Yeah, you're going from digital to to in real life. He then is, you know, streaming with her for a bit. He becomes a real big personality in of himself. And then they get him to start streaming other games and playing. And he becomes its own gaming influencer off the back of that campaign. And then they're able to advertise around his streams as well. So like it it, like it is, it's it is like you know rife for being able to build whatever you want and being able to execute in different ways and bringing digital and real life together because you're dealing with actual communities mm. you're dealing with real people and you're dealing with one of the most engaging formats that you can do in, in marketing so it, it's boundless opportunities mm. how, how you do stuff outside of just like banner ads this that the other you know, you know what I mean yeah absolutely and I, and I think back to what you mentioned before I, th- I think it, it was it was seen as and it was it was a solitary um experience back in the day because you were you were in your concert playing your own it was kind of anti-social to a degree and it's now completely socialized which is because you're playing online um and it's that kind of that 
tribes of, of common interests with people. So it's incredibly, incredibly powerful kind of um, social experience, I think now, which which is, which, yeah, but that sounds like a brilliant game. I must check that out. Um, just on that note, how big are gaming influencers generally in Ireland? Are they big and are they kind of, you without naming any of them, are they open to, are they, are they is it professional or is it a bit wild westy or, or are, they, are they, yeah, look, they're, they're open to working with brands and they're quite savvy about how to work with brands or are they big at all? Is it, What's the story it's, with them? Yeah, no, there, there, there's plenty of them and it, it is a big market. And in terms of regulations, it's <laughs> if you've ever run an influencer campaign yourself, it's about as regulated as those right, are anyway. So it's um, it, it, yeah, a, a little, you know, some of them are better. Like what I found difficult was making sure that people posted the stuff they were meant to post at the right time and shot it of in course, the right yeah. way and all that sort of stuff. But what is, I find with gaming influencers is that they're like, they're a bit more tuned into that sort of stuff. They're often content creators themselves they know about delivering things on time they know a schedule they're born into that world and strategically bringing them into a campaign you'd of course just do the regular checks of of their audiences who they worked with all that sort of stuff but it is big um but they what you'll find with irish influencers in the gaming sphere is that they're bigger elsewhere than they are in ireland okay so those little lizard guys for instance the guys you're chatting about there in ashburn so they've created gaming content YouTube channels where they create narrative episodic content within Minecraft and Fortnite. They've started to get into uh, Roblox where they're building games as well. They are enormous in America. Right. And no one really heard of them here. Like one of the people, they've got one of the biggest Fortnite channels in the world. Right. Um, but what, and then it's about figuring out the value of that for an Irish brand now. Like, you know, do you, like put an ad with them and getting them to do something could make you ginormous globally mm, right but is that money well spent if you're looking at a small portion can you sell to those people gotcha, or yeah, yeah. for big sake so working it's about carving out you know getting the right people on board and not really worrying too much about the names it's just the delivery of the sizes in the mm, right spot gotcha yeah yeah um again on that and this kind of you talked about the, the zombie game and real world and and digital world. Like oh, I'm fascinated by esports. I think one of the, I think the second or third podcast I did, which is about eighty eight mm. podcasts ago, was on esports, and it, it is starting to look more and more like real sports in the sense that I've seen, you know, I've seen merchandise esports teams, their jerseys are for sale, and you know, Adidas sponsor esports I don't know what you call them athletes let's call them athletes yeah. Adidas sponsor esports athletes so I've even seen Sky Sports like Sky Sports were showing the FIFA esports tournament and sports channel so like it's kind of blending that 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 world of sports esports real sports the stardom that goes with that the fandom that surrounds it the tournaments yeah. happen in huge stadiums um, how big is esports is it still big or is it kind of is it getting bigger or is it leveled off at big the moment bigger yeah so I think globally it's at like it's valued it's in like 200 billion or something you know which is upwards of or will be 200 billion but it's in like 2024 or something so it's it like it's it's enormous in its revenue it's bigger than most of the leagues the the national leagues and in, in the US and it used to just be a bit behind the MLS in that now mm. um but like it, it's enormous and it's pretty big here as well there's something like upwards of 700,000 uh, esports uh, like in, people interested in esports in Ireland as well, so right. it's it's quite big. And one of the brands I work with, um, Epic Global, who are an Irish company based out of Cork, uh, they're esports and gaming, and um, they're massive into into esports in 
in say the UK and the US and they're seeing more and more brands come on board here. So they recently activated with Muju and they created a Rocket League tournament um, and it was the number one ranked tournament for Rocket League in Ireland and one of the top five tournaments across uh, the UK and Ireland over the last mm. year. So that's in terms of entrance. So then you've got entrance, you've got eyeballs and anybody who doubts audience sizes for esports, Google image esports and look at the stadiums because yeah, like, it's incredible. It's, it's incredible. It's, it's gonna, I, I have firm belief that it's going to be like new broadcast media Mm. Uh, placement and you're just going to have to consider it because there's just so much eyeballs on it and I think here I think there are, there are more and more teams you'd see Virgin Media and Wild doing brand partnerships there as well Wild is an Irish uh, owned esports team that also has Usain Bolt as uh, one of the owners as well right. um, so but the, I think the natural the natural Irish fandom and how we get behind teams in Ireland and it doesn't matter what they're doing they're rowing about in the Olympics when mm. you're you know scoring in the Aviva whether you're you know whether you've got to took their a try somewhere in the Six Nations like we will get behind anything if somebody is doing well Katie Taylor everybody boxing you know mm, true boxing. and I just think esports is going to be the next one on the list because it's not like you know, Irish people have been game for years. We're not just picking it up. We're picked it up at the same time as everybody else. They're like, yeah, I think, what's, I can't think of his name. But there was a young lad in the States who won 50 grand in a, in a Fortnite really? tournament yeah. in New York. And he's, he was, it was like the top 100 players. An, in Irish, the world. an Irish guy, is he? Or, an Irish guy, Joshua, and I think. Right. Um, I'll try to pull out his name. Joshua Giuliano, I think, right. won his 50 grand. And like, the prize funds are massive. Yeah. But I do think that the, uh, the natural fandom is going to see us hopefully embrace it in a really good way. We just need to get some some higher profile names uh, doing bigger things, win a bit more pop to get mm. that inertia going. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Katie Taylor did so much for women's boxing because she was just brilliant. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, mm. she just went, she won absolutely everything. And that garnered conversation and the conversation garnered interest and that got her bigger. And it was like, she became her own... Um, Self-fulfilling prophecy that way. To on the yeah, I mean, something like a bit of success to be. Well, it's hard to it's hard to watch stuff if you're, if you're brutal at it. Like you know, that's I mean, no one's interested in Irish football at the moment. We can't even sponsors aren't interested because it's a, it's a hard watch. You know, hopefully we'll turn a corner. But rugby, on the other hand, you know, it, you know, I don't think we're we're good favourites. We may not do well. We may not do as well as we want in the World Cup. But everyone's interested in rugby because. It's more fun, you know, going to matches where you're actually all right at it. So hopefully the same will happen with esports. Is is the esports um, gamer more the traditional hardcore gamer, or is it a, li a little bit like no, it's transcended that? Because in my head, the esports was more the hardcore console gamers and young, blokey type of people. Um, yeah. Is that right or wrong? I could be wildly wrong here again, which I which yeah. I usually am, but. I would say to be an esports elite, I think is what they call themselves, um, you would certainly want to be a hardcore gamer. But as a viewer, the interest is, is okay. Yeah, it's 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 footballer and football viewer as well. It's the same. It's just it's it's you know, you have to be a top like high performance person to go and actually do it on the pitch mm. if you're playing football. The same goes for that, like they're outrageously dedicated and hardcore people when it comes to their sport. And then the more passive people watch and consume the media due to interest. And, and that's the exact same with esports. And, um, you know, it's it, it, it's it's like someone watching Formula One, they're in the crowd or watching someone mm. play it. 
through a same like a lot of these people don't see a barrier through right. that yeah it's amazing they just see it as the same. and and from a sort of business commercial point of view as well it's it's like yeah, a whiskey brand could go out and have an esports team you mm, know yeah like, yeah do now in 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 other sports uh, of course you know regulation will come along to 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 sniff that out down the line i'm sure but at the moment there is still those opportunities for brands who might be in darker markets elsewhere might find opportunity to audience yeah. true and true esports sponsorship yeah it's 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 incredible and i and i think now now is the time for brands to be getting involved and I'm, i mean one of the problems i see because i we've loads of clients um and I think you mentioned it a minute ago about the guys in Ashburn and they have a huge audience, but most of that audience is in the States or it's it's not in Ireland. And when you're in Ireland, you're predominantly based or tasked with or rewarded for selling to Ireland. Yeah. So there's no point in you doing stuff where America mops up all the sales for it. Like even if you're even if you're Heineken, you do something and then someone picks up the sales somewhere else, you know, you don't get the benefit of it. So then why why spend the money doing it? And I think that's difficult for clients. It's, it's hard for them to get their head around how to get involved in gaming in any meaningful way because I think sometimes clients, a lot of the time, they don't they don't know how much it costs. Like they're pretty good and going, I know how, I know how much I'll get from my money with, you know, for, on radio. I know what it looks like in out of home. And yeah. media agencies don't really know Apart from banners, right, that kind of stuff, but like how to get involved. So, um, and Twitch are great, right? We I did some work on one of the global clients with, with Twitch before. Yeah. It was a global, it was a global client. They're not interested in Mickey Mouse Irish budgets, no disrespect to Ireland or our Mickey Mouse budgets, but they're not arsed with them, right? Because they're, they're, the entry levels are, are just far too high. So if a brand manager is listening at the moment and going, I, I, I've been thinking about gaming for a while, I'd like to get interest in it. I don't know how to go about it. How should they go about it? Even if it's just a test and learn thing, you know, mm. how do they go about doing it? Just pick up the phone to me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Easy as that. Um, no, like there is, there's plenty. Look, that's kind of the reason why I'm starting to do what I do now at the moment, because it is incredibly fractured and it's, you go down the rabbit hole and, if you're used to digital, that's okay. You're kind of used to things then splintering off and then you have to figure out other things. I mean, like when people say social, they don't really think that they you have to consider TikTok versus Instagram versus LinkedIn. You know what I mean? And But if you work in digital, you, you do not to do that. And that's it's just a new level of game where it's fractured out. So, so it's what pushed me to do what I'm doing. And like I want to act as a sort of conduit basically for, for brands looking to get, get into the space. And... Number one, don't get into gaming if you, just because you feel you have to. Like everything should be tied back to a business objective that you're trying to right. do and all you're trying to reach. Um, uh, if gaming makes sense for that, then it's best to look into it. But if it do, like it, it's it's not like people are doing gaming. Jesus, we have to have a gaming campaign. Gaming should be like a part of your your marketing plan, not your marketing plan. Mm, if you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if, if you're looking to try to get people to take a specific action, gaming is a great way to execute that because you can build in little, like if you build a Roblox game and you're trying to drive people to a, you know, a theme park that's at the other side of the country, for instance, you could build that theme park in that world and mm. create incentives in that that drive people to actually cross the threshold of your your theme park in real life yeah. so food coaches one for things for them playing the game but while they're playing the game they're getting bombarded by your branding as well yeah, so yeah. you know 
they think they're getting one over new because they're getting a free family ticket to Emerald Park. But you've got someone off the couch in Cork to go all the way up to your theme park, and you know, and you're and you're and you're the, the context as well because you're you're absorbing them in, in a fun kind of yeah. activity, which then they can make that mental leap and go, oh, I should do this in real life. So, yeah. Imagine the parent of a child saying, hey, man, I, I, I just won because I'm so great. I just won this like backpack in the game. And it's told me if we go up to the theme park, I get to have that backpack in real life. You know what I yeah, mean? And, yeah. you know, yeah, it's, it's really... about building that into it. But then, as I said, like, it has all the same stuff that other digital platforms do. You can programmatically put ads in front of people across multiple platforms. You can build in-game advertising within games. You could create mm. game in aesthetic, like, you know, speaking to the design language and the communications language of gamers, like that's like level up and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, like there, yeah. it's, there, you can do it slowly, slowly and, 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 and kind of ease your way in. But, you know, it's about building a base there in the first place so mm. that when you go and do it, it doesn't look jarring and weird. Yeah, yeah. You know? You're not dad at the disco with a baseball cap on backwards. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah, kid, yeah. hey, kids, this size, speak to kids. Um, game new. development. See, you, I'm not talking about EA Sports, talking about, um, you know, anybody who can develop games to any significant... And, and I, they don't have to be... I'm not talking about creating the next um, FIFA soccer game, but are those type of game developers, I'm sure there's plenty of them, in Ireland, are they open to working with brands or advertisers to create something bespoke? And this is a this is going to be a horrible question. If yeah. someone's listening again, like, is there a, is there a minimum level of investment to create some kind yeah. of game or to work with a game developer? So, because you don't want people going, no, no, there's no, and you got people ringing going, I have five hundred quid, can we make a game? So, realistically, what are the kind of thresholds for a fairly entry level toe in the water? builds because this is the thing I, I like I'd say to a client we should build a game there's plenty of really simple games we should build some kind of um, simple gaming experience it doesn't have to be super yeah. expensive how much is it and I go I don't know I have no idea so like yeah. what wh- how right. how much how much would you would you be looking to, to create a half decent gaming experience um just as an entry level. And I know there's no answer. Yeah. That's like some How much would an outdoor campaign be? I don't know. <laughs> it depends. Where you're placing. Yeah. How many sheets. Exactly. Like, oh, but yeah. Don't call yeah. us if your budget's below X amount, you know, type of thing. I would say don't fear. Like if we're talking about building a game. So mm. there are, there are, there are some companies that do it. There, there are basically there's people who build games and then there's like ad agencies and there's, there's very few people in between doing that. Um, but the Epic Global crowd, are they work with brands all the time and, and sports personalities, and musicians and stuff like that about delivering them a gaming audience. Um, there are, so there are people that are doing it. Um, but again, that's, it is kind of why I, I saw an opportunity I wanted to move into that space because over the past you know, two years, three years, where I've been trying to bring gaming into advertising campaigns, I'd slowly built up a network of kind of freelancers and, and uh, devs and designers and stuff like that who all were kind of doing little bits of work here and there, but weren't really working on projects together. Um, so it's a bit, it, it's, it's like a free, it's a big freelancer market and you're mm. trying to corral all these people uh, together to deliver something that, you know, it's better than the sum of its parts. That's a long answer. And then the short answer is you can kind of, it, like you can kind of do it for 
whatever you want. And then like, if you think of it, like you could get a, a like a TikTok filter game developed for a couple of grand. Okay, you right. That's get, what I was looking for. I said, he's I said, he's not going to give me a number here. He's going to go on and on and he's not going to give me a number. Yeah, you did. Yeah, a couple of grand. I have it. A couple of grand. It's just I'm so friends. Yeah, I'm not afraid. Um, no, I, honestly, uh, you know, if you're looking at that, like, and then like decent games coming in at like, 15 grand on Roblox, you know right. what I mean? And that's the level base. So that's, that's not, the, that's like, fine. Like that's, that, that's not, not bad money now. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it's the price of getting a video, like a videographer out and getting it edited. And all yeah. Sort of yeah. Stuff. So yeah, it's I'm quite, it's quite, things. it's quite, um, it's not that the barriers entry are not, are not, are not too big. Cause that's just something I just never knew. Now, okay. Yeah. Imagine I ring you and I'm saying hypothetically Heineken, just say Heineken for the moment because the, yeah. the, the, the final is on um, this year in Dublin. Let's say I want to create a, a rugby gaming thing, right? Purely hybrid. They don't, by the way, just so, just in case they're listening. What's <laughs> yeah, telling, why is he telling me? I'm not, well, maybe they do, but I don't know if they do. But let's say I'm ringing you about that. I don't want to test it with Heineken. Um, obviously, to build, there's rugby games you can, you know, on EA Sports and, you know, I don't need a full yeah. multi-level, fully immersive gaming experience. But let's say I want something pretty simple for Heineken. And I don't want to spend a ton of money doing it, but I just want to stick my toe in the water. But I wouldn't mind a bit of kind of shareability or gamification in it. What's the best way to do it? Is it best to build it on a microsite, on mobile, to have it, you know, ring fence somewhere, do it on a within social platforms? Better to build it on Facebook. If that was yeah. my brief to you, really simple um, rugby game, but I need it built in as well. Where where would you go about doing that? I had Roblox. So I, I, we have quite a good few of these product sides at the moment and if it's very similar to that a brand comes and says hey I want to do this and if they're a sports brand happy days uh, easy enough games but you could like create a Johnny Sexton kicking game in Roblox for 15 grand and plaster it in branding like you would in a stadium mm. like you know all real life advertising placements are also available in the game you know what I mean okay, yeah, so yeah. Like so, all that opportunity there. The stadium could be called instead of it being the Aviva, it could be called you know the Heineken Stadium. It doesn't right. you know, yeah, yeah, gotcha, yeah. That um, but like you could make a solid one for like fifteen to twenty grand and have possibly you know it's just the more money you spend, the better the graphics get, the more functionalities, the more teams, the more assets. It's quite like events in a way mm. where like events you know you don't really make that much money because you're paying loads of people like yeah. all the time yeah, yeah and there's no way around that for events that's just the way it will always be it's it's a purchase heavy uh, industry game development is the same so like if you're handing off 15 to 20 grand to it to just like myself or like another agency or something like that a lot of that is getting eaten by the different people having to build the different assets so yeah. that's why the budget is often something that is hard to 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 say. I often yeah. go, look, give me your budget, what you're you're willing to invest, and I will tell you what you can get for that money. I'll never be like, oh, that's too small a budget or something. Like yeah. you know, it's, it, it it doesn't have to be like, um, but yeah, like that, that that would be it. And then it's just the more money you invest in, the more capabilities, the more uh, functionalities and uh, moderation and stuff like that that you can pay for. The more mm. it goes up, but like entry level stuff. 10 to 15. Right. Grand. And then, yeah, I mean, it's as good as, you, but if you're going to do something, like there's plenty. And and I think a lot of clients are very open to testing and they're always looking for new things. But I, I think it's just hard to navigate that, the opportunities and the, the dev costs within gaming because it's just people don't know. Um, one of the great things of Roblox and Minecraft is like, 
is the the lo-fi um you know in, in a world where where gaming has become incre- like it almost looks real um to a degree the mm-hmm. graphics are incredible the, there's something quite uh, I, uh, less off-putting quite charming about the lo-fi nature of those games in terms of their build yeah. I'm, again I may be I may be grossly wrong on that maybe really hi-fi but they, they seem quite lo-fi and talking about lo-fi games there's loads of opportunities I mentioned Tennis Smash or whatever there used to be one mm-hmm. years ago there was a free kick one around the World Cup and you just basically with your mouse kind of there was basic variables yeah. wind direction how 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 long you held the the button on the mouse for yeah. and you scored a free kick or you didn't um but there's loads of really kind of simple in banner opportunities for for so not even to take people away from something I'm talking about building so again hypothetical brief I want to build um for for Heineken I I don't want to I don't wanna interrupt anybody I don't want to drag them off anywhere else I just want to build a simple in-banner game, an expandable banner game where I do, I take a, a conversion and there's wind, simple variables, goes over, it doesn't. What type of cost are those things? I'm amazed that more brands don't do those because they're a little bit of fun. Um, there's a bit of gamification in them as well. You can take yeah. people on to a kind of fuller, fat version of it somewhere else, but you can have a bit of enjoyment, two minutes, whatever, it, without yeah. taking you away somewhere. What are those type of, are those still a thing, by the way, those type of games? And yeah, are they, how much do they cost? I want one. How much do they cost? They got, probably cost more to serve them. Right. <laughs> to be honest, than it does to make them. And I'm not even joking. You know the cost of like a rich placement ad yeah. format website, like, you know, it's like three bob to get one of them on, on a right. page. Yeah, so yeah. it's, um, yeah, it, like it, 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 they're good. I If I, I would probably challenge your brief and say, let's build a filter on Instagram or Reels okay. where you use a, a head, you know, mm. Like moving your head to try track a guy up, up the up the rugby pitch to make the try, and he has to go from one end to the other. Okay, and yeah, yeah. You know, it's that sort of like you want something where they're they're kind of physically getting involved as well. Mm. And you know, the best games and like everything that you you spoke to there are the ones that are easy to pick up and difficult to master. So when I was working in um, Thinkhouse a couple of years ago, we did. A, a good bit of work with Heining and you might remember some of them where it was the, the, an orchard you might remember putting on the spot uh, Orchard Thieves in Call of the Fox yeah, game yeah, where yeah. you would like flick your head up and stuff mm-hmm. and that was just one of the guys in house who developed that so it was always hard for us to judge a cost on that because he would just kind of come into work and go oh I made this right, and, yeah. and we were like oh that's brilliant that makes loads of sense uh, but we did one for good fellas as well where you're like trying to grab pizzas and stuff like that and like we got really good figures on them yeah yeah figures and loads of engagement and like people are happy to do it and if you have like the great thing about doing a filter on social like because you could you could just ask them to screenshot their score and then tag the brand in their stories and then like it's doing all the things it needs to do to create user-generated content yeah yeah true all that stuff all the signals the the platform wants it's getting them so yeah no it's a good point because but like if if anyone's thinking about gaming they probably best thing to have a chat with you can think about it and maybe what they have in their head there might be a better way of doing that as you said there so let's crystal ball it for a second so looking yeah. and looking to the future who knows what will happen but like what what does the future of gaming look like from an advertising point of view I mean like where do you think it's going to go or what are the big things you know where do you see it happening or what do you see happening well I see I think gaming being the future right okay right? And look at the future of gaming, and I, I it's a more ex, a bit a larger acceptance of the culture. I think like it's it's obviously enormous. Like <laughs> at the moment, it's only going to get bigger. 
but it, it's it it will see it it might move on to media plans there might be another way that it's actually communicated the investment of it i think you'll see it commercially yeah like with the likes of myself and Sinead and trev from epic Go- global like like people are coming on board now the gaming who have media backgrounds marketing backgrounds mm. uh you know they're a bit more mature in how the the, the responses to brief and how right, things are yeah. tracked proving effectiveness and and that is a sort of as an industry thing from like working with brands and stuff. I think that's that's where it's going to go. It's going to become a lot not more suit and tie, but the language will start to mirror mirror up with digital language. Mm. You'll see, um, you know, you'll see people. You'll see more case studies. You'll see proven of effectiveness. You'll see trackability. You'll see, you know, yeah, people, yeah. most brands on being able to prove viewability in, in on Twitch stuff. And if that's not already the case be a bigger integration of it much like mobile and, and social was i hope people learned a lesson from social where people didn't know the price when it first came out they still they really struggled with it after that nobody thought it was going to get as big as it did mm-hmm. and then it, it's and you've probably noticed yourself in agencies it's still hard to get people to care about social mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean it's maddening like you know creatives uh, art directors and copywriters still want to make the next you know, Guinness ad mm-hmm. from the 90s are like the old Carlsberg ads where you get Lady Abram directing them. Like they're not going to be around any longer. I think Nothing Beats a Londoner was probably the biggest, the last big ad. Um, and sure, it only lasted two weeks and, and it got taken down because of a yoga company. But they, um, it, but like, I think that's what you see. You see maturity in its commercial, uh, its commerciality, how it makes sense for brands, the sponsorship, esports. Uh, becoming a bit more conversa- conversationally and mm. um, more, you know, culturally I, I relevant. And about esports in ten years' time, you said yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I could, and he he might know an esports, an Irish esports person. Like yeah, that's yeah, yeah. the the goal to get the, the men of Barstools to be talking about Ireland. Well, unless they, unless they, as as we grow up, and you know, it will become more more. It's hard. It's hard to. You know, because you think the TV, the, the te- I mean, television ads will always have a place. Television is, I mean, uh, good, everybody kind of blends and looks like, like the debut. I mean, Netflix are looking more and more like a, t- a traditional broadcaster. It release and Amazon Prime releasing things episodically. You know, you got to, we're releasing it one episode a week because they've copped on that. There's no point in giving everything away. It took us two years to make this stuff. We're not going to let people binge watch it in one hungover weekend and, and then we've lost them so I think you're getting things to start to the, and the, the role of a, of a, a big brand communication has yeah. still got to be but I think people got to get better at um, yes that does a job for you but you have to be more agile and you have to I mean the idea of going off and making an ad and, and taking I don't know like nine, 9-12 months from rough getting a brief in to the finished thing going on there like that's too long and you, you can't operate at that speed if you're going to be in a, in a in a test and learn culture and, and in gaming, so um, yeah, well, that's super interesting. Can you can you tell me a little bit about your background? You mentioned Thinkhouse there. Um, yeah. What was your background? Um, where how did you get to where you are today? Um, playing games <laughs> in your basement. Playing games in my basement. Uh, yeah, badger my parents with batteries for my Game Boy, and then they just sent me out to work one day <laughs> instead. So, um, but I, I I suppose I kind of came to college 
post-recession, like 2012, uh, there wasn't a lot of jobs going. I, didn't, I don't even think I knew the media industry existed. Um, so me and my pal decided we started a small little production company because we wanted to, to get enough experience under our belts to go in and work with people. So we did that for a while, but a year. I was also working at the same time. I ended up then getting a job in Mindshare uh, as a PPC specialist. Uh, that was a lot to learn. Um, but I did that for about two years. Then kind of went into the group and the, the buying and the things um, learned more digital stuff from a media planning and buying perspective, all the socials, programmatic, all that sort of stuff. And I had a good, I had a really good knowledge after about four years of, of that end of things, trackability, mm. attribution models, all that sort of stuff, all the harder stuff to learn um, and the, the less interesting stuff to learn mm. uh, when you advertise in the media. And then I went to Spark Foundry for a year to do the more clients uh, management end of things, learned about uh, just the levels that per account managers have to go through. Did you not, did you not work? Did you not work in any decent media agencies? No. <laughs> no, no, no. I just I no was, wonder I was, you got out of it. Mindshare and Spark Foundry. I'm not surprised you gave up on the media industry. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not oh, that's anything. a dig. I leave, I, I'm, I'm leaving that in, by the way. That's staying in, but that's yeah. fine. So, <laughs> but yeah, so I've I worked there. So they're great places to work and really great places to learn and cut my teeth. But I'd always wanted to work in creative agencies. I wanted to have more of an influence on the campaign. And, and Thinkhouse were very brave to take me on as a project manager at the time. And I had no real experience in, in a creative agency. And I'll always thank them for that. And it was, I worked as a project manager there. I worked, you know, across events, PR, social, digital, research, insights, like creatives, production, all that sort of stuff. So I just got to learn an enormous amount really quickly. And Thinkhouse, it, the pace of Thinkhouse is unbelievable. Like, you know, you're, you're working really fast in the mm. moment, every day. Ideas are just constantly being thrown around the place. It has this, it has the perception of a bit of a madhouse but like I think they've been quite smart where they people think that they're people at the back of the class but they're actually the right. people that's in the no the there's class. not yeah we we do <laughs> we, we have a lot of shared clients and they're good they're they're good they yeah. have a lot of time for them and I had Claire Highland on um was it yeah, great, last great. the last day or what the last episode? I can't remember. Yeah, it was last episode. She was on the last episode. So so they they yeah. took you in, took a chance on you and you repaid that favor by leaving and said your own thing. Is that what happened? Yeah, absolutely. No, I was there. I was there for about three, three or four years, and then I moved to Boys and Girls uh, for just just over a year, maybe about eighteen months. And I was uh, it's kind of like their digital lead there, basically. Um, yeah, another good. They're another managers. good agency. Yeah, I got to learn. You know, I got to develop my brand strategy, content strategy, uh, and then educate them on digital strategy, which was. You know, like obviously, going to be ever in that position, you actually end up learning more about it as well. Mm. Um, you know, because you're learning how to better communicate things to people. Uh, I hate when someone leaves a room and goes, "Oh, like don't get any of that digital mm. stuff." Like I want to always try to communicate that in in ways that people find like interesting. It's simple, uh, simple, simple English. Yeah, yeah. I, I think most. Simple I think English. most people who are who are digital experts love confusing people there's a badge of honour to it and go you know if I leave the room and people go oh sh I don't know what he's talking about or she's talking about they go yeah that's what I wanted that's what I want to get out of this because it's, it's hard it's complicated and you shouldn't understand it it's, it's and they, yeah. they find value in spooking people yeah. rather than just making it make sense and, and bringing clients on a journey of understanding this stuff like all of my decks and I even put up an article about it all my decks would have had a glossary of terms in it like right, at the very yeah, beginning yeah. it's like I just didn't want people going 
oh, I don't know what that is. And I remember sitting around a room when I was in mind chair and I, I was terrified to ask a question for my first year in mind chair. And then I was in this room and it was about 10 people discussing a DSP and the pros and cons of DSP. You were like, this, I don't know what it is. I don't know what a tracker mortgage is. I don't know. Yeah. And I was like, what on earth is this? <laughs> and some very brave woman just put up her hand and was like, I don't know what a DSP is. <laughs> and nobody could tell her what it was. Oh, and everybody in that room had been discussing the pros and cons of them, which one's better, which yeah. one's go with, and no one could accurately. And after that moment, I was like, I'm never, no, ever. No, it's true. Not it, there's always, anytime that happens, and it's anytime it's happened in, in, there's been times where I've been embarrassed to put my hand up and go, I don't know what that means. And then, and thankfully somebody else does. And then you realize most people have no clue. So you're usually in good no. company when you don't know. You're only stupid for a second to be asked ask a question, where if you don't, you're stupid forever. Yeah, <laughs> you know well, that's, I mean? that's a good that's a good way. Yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. So then, after that, how did you end up doing what you're doing now? What happened then? Well, I, um, I basically it was just really I'm I'm through my background and stuff like that. I'm, quite, I'm very multidisciplined, and that's been uh, purposely done as well over my career. I've made those moves to try to be a bit of a, a, a catch all for for all things and I found that I was just the, an agency list of clients wasn't one agency list of clients just wasn't really feeding that urge and, and scratching the itch I thought just like going out my own I saw an opportunity in gaming to make you know to make some noise and to make uh you know a bit of a splash and to see that there's an opportunity there to to tie some things together that I have an interest in that I've naturally built a network work o- over the years and that I know I can deliver well and I know mm. I can make, make sense to brands like this isn't like it, it shouldn't it shouldn't be as hard to, to make it make sense because it's where eyeballs are and where eyeballs are will always dictate where brands are and it's just about making it now using my experience through media like boys and girls was incredible for the effectiveness like the to prove for proven effectiveness through creativity and that like learning that off them was invaluable so mm. bringing that through and just making it everything has to solve a business problem mm. and if it doesn't yeah. solve a problem don't don't do it exactly. and i often yeah. tell brands like you shouldn't be doing this yeah. like that doesn't solve that problem and then trying to work work out what that problem is and how do we do it through entertainment and engagement and delivering a, a good value exchange for the target audience at the mm. end. That's what I remember. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned, you said you're working on some stuff in your NDA, but is anything, any, what type of brands have you worked with before um, that you've worked, you know, in your current guys, if you will, in terms of in gaming sphere, what, what, any, any brands you can mention or is there? Well, yeah, kind of we're working on more proposals at the moment and I'd be a bit, yeah, I, you, I'd, obviously, I'd, I don't, you don't have to say anything that's not happening, but pre, anything that you've done. Wise, it could be anything from beverage companies to uh, to sports teams, to musicians, uh, to sports personalities. Like um, These are all people that are seeing the value in, in having a gaming audience delivered to them. Um, like If you think if you're a sports athlete and you play for a team and you're a certain profile and a certain age, if Nike come to you and go, or like if Nike are looking for a sponsorship person, what's the difference between you and sports person number uh, B, yeah. number B? Uh, and it could be your audiences, your demographics, mm-hmm. like how that splits. Like people are now, especially celebrities and, and personalities, are know that they have to ha- like make this work for a very long time now. Like mm-hmm. if you're a footballer coming towards the end of your career, you need to build audience elsewhere 
to keep that going. I think your man, what's his name, the keeper, he's now playing for Wrexham. I think of his name, Ben Foster. Oh, right. He's yeah, yeah. That quite a bit. Ben Foster has dropped Goal down. Goalkeepers can play till they're about 50 anyway. 40, yeah. But he's dropped know. down five five leagues or something to play for Wrexham because mm. Wrexham's owned by Ryan Reynolds and yeah, Ron McLean. Yeah. Ben Foster has it's a good show. Channel. It's a good show on. Uh, on so, yeah. yeah. But Ben Foster has a, has a YouTube channel that he's trying to promote as well. And he knows that the quality of the league means little for the rest of his career. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? So, and, and, and brands are coming on board like that. But it, yeah, it's like, I think I'm pleasantly surprised in brands getting contact with me. That's right. like, it, it happened way quicker than I thought it would. It was kind of one of the things that propelled me out of boys and girls was the interest that I was mm-hmm. getting because I started doing a lot of content on LinkedIn about gaming and how brands should get into it. And you just saw like, this could there could be something yeah. in this. Yeah, yeah. Um so it's anything FMCG's really big. Um obviously anybody who wants to deliver a brand experience and is struggling to get in front of a younger audience, you've got like that's the best thing about gaming. Yeah. Like I can rattle off stats about Gen Alpha and gaming, let alone Gen Z. And you know, if you're a bank you get someone in, you know, yeah. an eighteen-year-old current account. They won't change that current mm-hmm. account. If you're a telecommunications company. You get someone in. But I have the same mobile number I had when I was sixteen. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's the same company, and I'm thirty-three now. So they've had me a hell of a long time because they got me at the right moment. Mm. And there's no better value than that for 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 the likes of a bank, the likes of uh, telecommunications. Yeah, getting, getting people in, you know, change of behavior, and getting them to lock in, which obviously is, is proven. Um, now, before we wrap up, how do you work? Are you working with agencies? You're working with brands directly. Yeah. How do you prefer working? And if anybody is listening um, and they, they, they're not sure what they want, how do you mm. like to work? What's the best way? How And how do people reach out to you? Um, should they just ring and have a chat? Should they send you an email? Should they give you a brief? Or what What way do you like to work? Just reach out. Like I, like I do I do stuff outside of game strategy. I do brand strategy, digital strategy, social and content, comms, planning, all the good stuff. Uh but you can just, like my, my website, starabarkerstrategy.com. You can get on that. You can find me on LinkedIn. I am, <laughs> and people laugh. My friends are going to laugh when I say this. I'm the only Dara Barker technically in the world. So I'm very easy <laughs> to find on the internet. Uh, you just have to type my name. Uh, and yeah, I'll, I'll pop up. But I like to work really collaboratively. And, you know, I'll never, I, to, to maybe to some people's disappointment, I'll never deliver something 100%. I'll probably get it. I want, I'll get things to 85%. And then, work with the brand of bringing that last 15% okay. as best as possible because that's where the nuance is. That's what the detail is. That's where you can, you like the brand really starts coming to the table then as well. Mm-hmm. I find mm-hmm. like, over that person, a bit of inertia, you know, you're 85% of the way there and it's just about getting that T cross and the I dotted. And um, so I really love working collaboratively. I've never, I th- I've never had an idea, a single idea in my own head is what I like to say. Like everything is kind of like being brought on and worked with people and, uh, but yeah, yeah that's just the best like, way. Yeah, and what's yeah. what's the website again? Give me the website slowly this time, it, just in case. It's DaraBarkerStrategy.com. Okay, DaraBarkerStrategy.com. So, yeah. if you're listening and you're interested, or just want to chat, or you just want to get some advice on that one, just go go to DaraBarkerStrategy.com, and your details are there. And give them a shout. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Dara, I've kept you uh, for a long time. So. Thank yeah. you so much for joining me. And, and no, look, I'm sure I'll be in touch with you um, soon enough anyway. So I really enjoyed it. I feel I understand a bit better now. Um, and I think you're right. I think gaming will will become 
a line item on media plans let's put it that way i think that and and now is the time like now's the time to now's the time to make mistakes in gaming to figure out what works what doesn't work before the opportunity cost of getting things wrong are too expensive um so yeah so thanks a million for joining me thanks very much dave it's been an absolute pleasure yes me too i'll talk to you soon and thanks for listening if you like that episode why not listen back to our 93 previous episodes you'll find them by simply typing irish times inside marketing into your search engine of choice thanks to irish times media solutions our partners thanks to andrea and sound and kira in marketing until next time get gaming and get game gaming on your media plans everybody thanks for listening bye the inside marketing podcast Brought to you by Dentsu and Irish Times Media Solutions.